Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West, and if you live on the east coast of Australia, your ocean swimming season has been rudely interrupted this summer by the weather, with swims cancelled up and down the coast because of high swells and flooding. Australia has just experienced its wettest summer for five years because of a climate cycle known as La Nina. Associate Professor Andrea Tachetto is an oceanographer and ARC Future Fellow at the Climate Change Research Centre, UNSW. I had a great chat with Andrea about the role of the ocean in our climate, and I started by asking her about the wonderful picture of the ocean that she has as her Twitter banner. Look it up. Uh, that's my son, my youngest son. So I just got a beautiful picture of him staring at the sea. And I just thought that was a lovely day. And I, I had to put that on my website. <laughs> it's a beautiful photo. Is that in um, Is that in Australia? Yeah, I think it was in Kudi. If ah. I remember correctly. I don't have the photo here with me now. But... <laughs> so have you, have you always... Loved the ocean. I know that's where your science has taken you, but have you always loved the ocean as, as you know, something to swim in or, or boat on or, or whatever? My kids love the ocean. I do love to see the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big uh, swimmer, to be honest. I, I don't uh, swim in the ocean. I just go and splash a little bit more like a child, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to, to, uh, to swim quite late. <laughs> yeah. In my life, so I'm not the best swimmer, I must say, but I do enjoy to go to the beach and just relax and see the sea. And so your science is, I mean, you're an oceanographer and uh, your your science is all about the, the role of the ocean in our weather. Is there a summary of that? Like, what what is the role of the ocean in our weather? And the oceans play a very important role for Australia, and not only for Australia, but um, in many regions across the globe, because um, it can modulate the weather patterns that we see. So, for example, in Australia, because of, uh, Australia is located and surrounded by oceans, so basically there is the Indian Ocean, uh, Pacific and the Southern Oceans, it, it affects the weather pattern here, how it uh, changes the circulation basically and um, bring rain uh, for Australia. So one of the examples um, is the Pacific, in the tropical Pacific, there is the El Nino Southern Oscillation. It's the main, what we call mode of variability or climate drivers that impact Australian climate. And in the Indian Ocean, I don't know if it's heard, but there is the Indian Ocean Dipole, which is a kind of um, El Nino type phenomenon in the Indian Ocean. And the Southern Ocean affects, for example, the positions of um, the storm tracks. So a lot of the synoptic systems that reaches the southern parts of Australia can be modulated by the conditions of the Southern Ocean and the westerly winds in the mid-latitudes. I was I was interested in that because I guess maybe because we're on the east coast of Australia, we hear a lot about El Nino and La Nina, but uh, I, I wondered whether there was an equivalent in the Indian Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. We don't hear very much about that. Yes, that's true, especially with the Atlantic. There is um, 
one that is called Atlantic Nino, but doesn't have much of an effect for Australia. And that's why we don't hear much, I guess, here in Australia. But the Indian Ocean Dipole is um, a phenomenon that can affect Australia and the rainfall and weather patterns for, especially for southeast and um, southwest Western Australia. And we've we've had a lot of rain this year. Lots of you know, swimming events being cancelled and lots of flooding. It's been quite terrible, actually. Now, this is because of La Nina. Would you be able to explain exactly what La Nina is? Yeah, so I guess to explain what a La Nina is, I'll just go back to um, how the tropical Pacific looks like in a normal condition, in a neutral condition first. So normally what we see in the tropical Pacific is that the eastern uh, side of the Pacific is cooler than the western side. And, and the reason for that is that there are trade winds blowing from the east to west and are pushing um, water to the western side. So the western Pacific is normally warmer than the eastern Pacific. And the eastern Pacific that is closer to South America um, have... Um, um, the water is basically replaced by subsurface cooler water. So uh, you think that, um, for example, you can think about the water around Galapagos um, is much cooler than the water in um, Ireland at the same latitude, but situated in the Western Pacific. So this is how the normal conditions um, is in the tropical Pacific. Now, during a La Nina event, what happens is that this situation is intensified. So the trade winds uh, intensify and um, that there is a response in the ocean that makes more um, like a warmer conditions um, in the Indonesian seas and the water around in the northern parts of Australia, the Coral Sea, and cooler conditions in the eastern side of the Pacific, closer to South America. The consequence for that is that um, with a warmer water in, um, in the maritime continent or the, the northern areas of Australia, what um, the northern ocean of Australia, it's, what happens is that we have more rain generally, and it tends to favor more moisture to the atmosphere. So that's why generally La Niñas are associated with wet weather for Australia. Okay, because I mean the water has seemed quite warm this summer. Is that uh, is that a fair statement? Like we seem to be swimming quite late. The water seems to be quite warm off off Sydney anyway. Yeah, so that's a curious question because um, the situation that I described before before is a large larger scale sit- situation, right? And the way that it affects the current in Sydney or the temperature of the beaches in the eastern coast of Australia is a bit more complicated. And I don't think there is a direct link with La Nina and the water being really warm in the southeast part. But generally, the the ocean and the water in the northern areas are warmer. What, what we see is like, basically favors more moisture to come to the atmosphere. So if uh, any synoptic system comes um, and passes through this warm ocean and it has a higher chance of bringing moisture on shore, let's say, depending obviously on the type of the synoptic system. 
Yeah, so it's more of a, a macro effect. It's not. It can't necessarily explain the the temperature off the coast, but but on average, it's uh, it's a lot warmer. Uh, and, and and El Nino is the opposite. El Nino is the opposite. Sorry, I'll just go back to the conflict. The uh, temperatures around Sydney. It's more um, determined by the local factors. I think that's that's true. La Nina is more like a larger scale um, phenomenon. and the impact in the ocean temperature in, in close to Sydney is more affected by a local phenomenon, so local winds, let's say. Okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. And so El Nino is is a drier because South America gets all the rain. Is that is that kind of the way it would work? Yes, that's true. So um, El Nino is the opposite situation. So you think that now the trade winds along the equatorial Pacific weakens. So the convective activity that generally is in the maritime continent or the Indonesian seas moves to the central Pacific. Essentially, it's taking away the rain activity to the central Pacific, basically. So during El Nino events, the tropical Pacific, the eastern Pacific gets warmer than usual. And uh, the ocean around the northern areas of Australia gets cooler than normal. And um, generally what we see is that uh, Australia um, tends to have uh, dry weather during El Nino conditions. And and recently it was uh, World Meteorological Day just the other week, I think. And it was the, the title was The Ocean, Our Climate and Weather. Is, is World Meteorological Day kind of Christmas for oceanographers? Is it a big celebration? or? A... <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish it was. <laughs> uh, no, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no answer to that, yeah. I've, I've seen a few things. Are there, are there, I've seen a few articles, but not, not uh, hasn't grabbed the front page of the newspaper so much. Yeah, that's true. I think we we need a little bit more media around the meteorological day, the World Meteorological Day. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was interested in, um, so I can't I can't remember the exact number, but it's something like the ocean has absorbed ninety percent of the extra heat that that uh, through human induced climate change. Do you think that climate change is going to break? La Nina and El Nino, or do you think we're going to see different weather patterns because of climate change into the future? Yeah, so the oceans, um, as you mentioned, you know, it has a really important role in um, observing the heat and extra heat from anthropogenic greenhouse gases. Um, yeah, so La Nina's and El Nino's and La Nina's are natural oscillations of our climate system. So this is this is something that and we needed to to explain. They always occurred. They occurred now in the present, and they will occur in the future. The difference is that because of increasing greenhouse gases and increasing greenhouse warming, um, what happens is that um, there are research uh, research showing that the way that El Nino and La Nina will manifest in the future might be different. And the impacts associated with El Nino and La Nina because of um, the background warming will be uh, more intense in the future. So more rainfall during La Nina and more drought during El Nino, perhaps? Yes. So um, 
what one of the um, actually quite quite a few papers now, including um, a book review that was published this year or the end of last year, actually, I must say, has uh, synthesized all the information and the consensus that we know in this area is really difficult to see at the moment um, how the intensity or the shape of El Niños and El Niños will change in the future. But what we know is that because of the increasing greenhouse warming, uh, more moisture in the atmosphere will be, will be available. And the impact of um, extreme El Niño events and extreme La Niña events um, that will tend to occur more frequently in the future uh, can be exacerbated. So we do expect, for example, for Australia, like uh, uh, increase the likelihood of um, heavy rain, so extreme rain during Niña events. That's that's very that's very interesting. So we're not not necessarily going to hit a, like a state change and break the whole system it's just going to be uh, an exacerbated at least that's where the the research is heading at the moment most climate models tend to simulate in the future and increase the frequency of extreme el nino events and extreme la nina events so those are very strong events for example el nino that um the type of el nino that occurred in 1997 and 2016 yeah, that they will occur more frequently in the future. And so, where where is your research heading? What what's next for you? Is there is it is it more on this on the southern oscillation, or, uh, or where are you headed with your ocean research? So I'm very interested in knowing actually the interactions between the tropical oceans. So we generally see and talk about El Niños and La Niñas because those are the larger scale modes of variability and they have like a really big impact not only for Australia but uh, across the world. But the fact is that sometimes they co-occur with other climate drivers, as I mentioned, um, the Indian Ocean Dipole, for example, or the southern annular mode. And those climate drivers can um, change the way that the El Nino southern oscillation affect Australian rainfall, for example, or South American rainfall or other parts of the globe. So I'm interested in seeing what is the changes um, due to a combined occurrence of those uh, events. That is really interesting and difficult modeling, I imagine, because well, it's very intricate. There's a lot of data that needs to, to go into it or a, a lot of heavy modelling. Yes, that's true. So it's a lot of uh, modelling. <laughs> we um, I use uh, global climate models to look at um, those um, combined appearances of Indian Ocean Dipole and, and the Onina Southern Oscillation. Yeah, so it's a lot of data and not only one model, but a combination of models, like sometimes, you know, 50 or more than 100 simulations. We look for um, getting robust conclusions about uh, uh, those phenomena. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I'm really interested to see uh, where it all goes because it's, uh, it's 
so complex. I mean, it's, it isn't, I mean, weather modelling is literally where chaos theory came from, isn't it? So it's, uh, it's quite, um, it, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all turns out. Thank you very much to Andrea Tachetto from the University of New South Wales for taking the time to have a great chat about La Nina and the role of the ocean in our weather. If you'd like any more information on anything you've heard today, if you'd like to find Andrea on Twitter, or myself for that matter, get over to the website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. I'm hoping the weather eases up and I'll be able to get out this weekend. You'll be able to find that on Strava if that's your thing. Take care. I'll catch you next time on the pod.